Hey, my name is Julie Leone and this podcast is called What's Your Thing? This is where I have conversations with people about their passions, ideas, pastimes, missions or lifestyle that I find inspiring. I hope you do too. Hi, it's Julie here on another episode of what your what's your thing and today I've got Sharon Green with me and Sharon and I met at Sunderland Polytechnic in 1985 I guess it was wasn't it 1985 on an English degree course and I <laughs> I had to beg to be let into Sunderland Polytechnic because I'd got such dismal A-level results apart from my English which was all right but the other two were dismal and uh, my friend our friend Suzanne had got on to the degree course so I tagged along with her and basically said please have me I've come a long way and they I think picked up me and that's how I uh, started watching it was actually a really good degree course wasn't it it was a great degree course just in a um it was a poly so Sharon welcome hello <laughs> and you've got a, a funny story as well about how you got some of it haven't you yeah so I I kind of rocked up late after freshers week um and the reason why I was there was I, I went through clearing. So there were only two, well, I wanted to do English, um, but um, my um, predicted grades for A-level were so poor that I just couldn't get anywhere, basically. And I was kind of told to kind of aim low. Um, and um, and uh, I did like way better than anybody expected and so I was kind of fully expecting to have a year out but then we um I went through clearing and there were two spots left one was in Sunderland the other was in Birmingham and the Birmingham place had gone so basically I just was desperate to do this English degree and so I lucked out because obviously I got to go um I got to meet you um, <laughs> and do a fantastic degree and and it was kind of one of those things I was the first person in my family to go to uni or, or poly or get a degree basically so I thought I was winning and I didn't realize until I obviously I was there that I probably wasn't winning in <laughs> life but I, I felt like it was a great course so I, I, course. I, I live with no regrets basically and I, and I think isn't that an interesting story for all those people that are waiting so we're doing this at the end of June so there'll be a whole ruck of young people really panicking about A-level results and how, how the, their life is going to end if they don't get their A-level results because I literally went there because I so I went to Birmingham too but I thought oh my god I can't live in a city and I liked Sunderland because it was by the sea so a good academic reason there but it was a fantastic course wasn't it really amazing language feminist literature kind of bit of Marxism thrown in there it was brilliant yeah. um, I've got no regrets about it like I said I mean I kind of thought I was winning at life because I was getting gonna get a degree and that was a big thing in my family so it was just a bit like I don't you know I didn't really realize until I left that obviously a poly you know, and maybe Sunderland, they'll be like, why on earth did you go there? But it makes a nice story, so I'm kind of happy with that. Yeah, but A-level students don't panic, because I've got a PhD and you've got, an, haven't you got a master's degree? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It doesn't, you don't end where you start, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Thor's and, and not Jim Morrison. <laughs> so Sharon, tell us about Thor's. Oh yes, tell tell you about doors. This is kind of random, but then so much of my my life and my um, interests, I think, or probably all of us, we're all a little bit random, right? You know, but we might have a um, a professional 
um, I don't know, brand or something that kind of puts us out there. But so basically, yes, doors is my thing. Um, why is it my thing? Well, I guess, um, so I'm a, um, I run my own business. I'm, a, I'm an HR um, people specialist and I'm an interim. So I'm, I kind of go into businesses um, and work with them and their teams for a period of time. And I used to, I love taking pictures, right? But it's kind of not really related to that kind of stuff. You know, like when, but obviously having a smartphone, everybody has a smartphone. So we all probably think we're photographers. And so I've been taking photos um, and I kind of do like hashtag perks of my interim life, you know, this is where I am. So I did a load of work up in Manchester. So I got to see some cool things up there. And when lockdown happened and I, um, I was in my house, um, rather than having to go out, go out to a client site or something, which I was, I'm very fortunate to have. I was like, yeah, for a while I was like, what am I going to do? You know, and obviously we only had one hour of exercise a day that we were allowed out in the early days, etc. Um, so I just started walking around my neighborhood um, um, in, in London and I started taking pictures of doors because that and, and kind of because I'd previously been taking pictures of slightly more interesting things associated with the work that I was doing or the, the environments that I was working in. So I just started taking pictures of doors and just putting them up on my Instagram account. And, um, and then loads of people, loads of people, people I was work, walking around or talking to in my local neighborhood were like, God, I love your pictures of doors. They're just, <laughs> you know, so random. So my thing is doors. I am taking pictures of doors. I kind of get the lockdown because that was such as particularly the first lockdown was so strict wasn't it literally an hour a day and I felt like people were watching if I went out more so I get that but why doors what was it about doors well I guess because I live in like I mean I live in a really like yeah I mean I'm lucky I've got two patches of um a big green space close to to where I live and Tooting um but it's Tooting's like an urban you know, like it's urban, you know, it's not, um, it's, an, uh, you know, and I guess when I, when I used to take pictures around where I was working with my client um, kind of work, often it was a means of getting out of the office for an hour or like 15 minutes even just to walk around the block um, where I was to, which was part of like um, a process to clear my head, or maybe if I was having a stressful day, a lot of the projects I work on are pressured, basically. Um, and sometimes the pressure gets a little bit like, you know, so having a walk around the block even, and looking around is just a really good way I've found to kind of clear my head and um, put a bit of distance between maybe stressful situations or when it starts to get quite pressured, which it can do when you're doing change work, which is largely what I'm doing. Um, and I just noticed, and I kind of noticed you, if you let your mind wander, you kind of look at different things. And obviously, if you're walking around tooting, you can go to the common and look at trees and stuff, which I do occasionally um, do as well. But I was just walking around the streets and just looking probably 
I would call it curious. Some people would call it nosy. Just looking at people's doors, you know, and going, God, I've never noticed that before. You know, I've never noticed that really pretty pink door or the way that that door's different from that door. And then I kind of started to think about, um, um, like what, on a slightly kind of more deep level, I guess, I started to think about, I wonder what's going on for them during lockdown, what's happening for them, what's happening behind that closed door. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, so I just kind of, it was, it was a little bit of, I don't know, trying to make, I guess, in a quite a stressful situation where you're feeling quite restricted, it was just a way of being a little bit more playful, I guess, and curious and also wondering, because there is that element in the conversations that I was having with people in my community and my network and, so, and, and people who work like me um, and are kind of wondering what's going to be happening. Um, it, there's a lot of that. What's going on for other people is not exactly what's going on for me. You know, that we're all in slightly different situations with this and it's quite tricky. So it was a, so there is something a bit more than mm. just staring at people's doors and thinking, God, I hope no one comes out and sees me snapping their door do you think I'm going to get arrested, <laughs> you know, for this? So, um, so yeah, so it just became a little bit of a thing, really. And it almost sounds like, as you're describing that, um, particularly when you're describing when you used to go out taking photographs when you were working wherever your clients were, that, that was almost like a bit of a mindfulness practice. Mm. I don't know, did, were you aware of that as you were doing it? Um... yeah kind of I guess it's like you find um yeah you find like there's a way of finding um finding ways of um coping uh, kind of coping with the situation so if it's in a work situation for example where I am allowed out and I am allowed to go to clients offices and so on sometimes the um things can get quite um, pressured and you kind of feel like you're in um, and so get actually walking around and allowing your mind to kind of wander and notice things that are going on around you or, you know people things I, I like quite like taking pictures of buildings and street art and just stuff that I see that you kind of think I wonder if I'd notice that if I wasn't just allowing my mind to kind of be free and so um, a similar thing thing with um the lockdown doors thing is mm. you're quite restricted you know like um and and mm. not knowing what's going to happen and so how can I use my one hour of exercise and and okay I can't do what I used to do but I could do something else mm. so why not there's so much in that. So, I, so when I'm working with coaching clients who feel like there's no, you know, there's no time, I've got no time to do any exercise or I've got no time to do any mindfulness. And, you know, I try and say, well, could, you know, could you go out for exactly that, a 15 minute walk? And mm. it feels like there's not enough time to do that. And yet I don't know, because I'm a, I suppose I don't take photos, but I do get out for that walk at lunchtime for me the time kind of is bigger than the 15 minutes it, it kind of expands and you come back in a different headspace mm. so I don't know if you had 
experience of that where you kind of leave the building with your head and then you go back in and you're like whoa yeah definitely definitely I think I found yeah that that even if it's only um um you know 10 minutes away from the desk I you know so I, I used to um and 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 to be honest even if I didn't you know kind of I don't know even if I brought in my own lunch do you know what I mean to a client's kind of office um there's a real tendency to just kind of sit there and kind of pour crumbs over your keyboard and just never leave your desk do you know what I mean you know but but I've the the process of just saying well I'm going to go around I'm going to go for a walk around the block um just doing that shit there's you know there's something about the movement and the shifting away and 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 particularly if I was feeling um quite tense I guess about because often I feel sometimes as the type of role that I do you can often become a quite a bit of a conduit for the tension that's going on within the project and um, usually because they call in people like me um they don't usually call you in proactively because they've got loads of time you know something's usually like really urgent so you're coming into that situation and um and so it, you've got to I have found over the years that I've got to do something that helps me to um um yeah to to kind of not get too sucked in like a sponge not sucking everything that's going on around you and and just moving just moving out of the office just even like literally some days if if I was on a heavy project um and even now at home I can find an excuse to just sit at my desk you know what I mean there's always stuff to do or there's things in my house to do or I don't know that I can just fill my time but just um even just walking around the block I think just creates a different vibe I guess mm. and I guess you're sending a message people in the office as well about you know I, I don't know whether they receive the message but there's something about I'm putting a boundary in here I'm taking care of myself I'm stepping away I'm going to access a different way of thinking by moving and kind of intuiting and you're kind of in some ways role modeling a different way from that head down don't move focus on the screen way of working yeah and I think what's really interesting is when when I was in an office um I always used to say I you know you kind of get sat next to whoever you're sat next to for the duration of a project or something um and my dad I used to say to my desk buddy oh, I'm just going off for a bit of a walk around the block and sometimes you also people sometimes people um like one of the key clients might go oh should we just go for a walk to the coffee shop and just do it having a conversation on the move with them it creates a different vibe to it sitting in a office with them or a meeting room with them mm. um or sometimes people say, you know you can say or oh, do you fancy just um a walk around the block or to a walk to the sandwich shop or something I don't know and um, and sometimes that creates a different dynamic in working with them than let's just pop into a meeting room and have a chat yeah um so yeah it was kind of yeah, there's a little bit of serendipity, I guess, about it. 
Um, and I think there's some science, isn't there? I think there is, because I increasingly am doing, I'm trying to get people outside for their coaching with me to go for a walk, partly because it gets them moving, gets them away from the desk. But also there's something, I think there is science about kind of wiring different halves of your brain so you're accessing both parts of your brain and that regular motion means that you're reducing stress. And I think there's something about looking ahead rather than staring, you know, like we're staring each other at Zoom yeah. now, aren't we? But if you're looking ahead, then again, you're kind of taking in more cues. So I think there is science to, to back up what you're saying. And certainly what mm. I, you know, when I say to people, how was that going for a coaching walk rather than just sitting there kind of like, oh, that was quite like that. Um, mm. And then that, you were able to take that into because I obviously live in the countryside and so I was imagining that lockdown in the cities must have been horrific and so it's interesting that that's how you almost like created and made the one hour bubble kind of bigger for yourself in a way by not just exercising but looking yeah and I think um and also sometimes I might listen to a podcast for example sometimes away um because I was obsessed at the start with this hour, you know, like essential shopping only once a week or something, or or when um, when my local coffee shop um, set up a like a had to could do takeaway coffee and um, was selling stuff in order to stay open, um, then. I could kind of I felt like popping in for a coffee which is the kind of thing that I used to do for work like you know um it just made me feel well I could talk to people for a start um I could talk to them to find out how they were doing um I could have something that felt normal in a in routine wise in what was quite a you know was like an abnormal strange and uh, unpredictable kind of phase I guess um, it, and it just felt like so I had and I felt like I'm not a very routine person I have to say I'm not great at routines but it felt like I had a routine that kept me um, uh, yeah just kept me a bit calmer I think than probably um, if I hadn't have made a routine mm it probably wouldn't be and then the and then I used to come uh, you know I used to come home my my husband works um has worked all the way through the pandemic on site so it's not much has changed from his perspective apart from the way that they work obviously but so when he used to come home I used to go oh guess what I've taken some more pictures of doors like some kind of random crazy person but it just kind of made for a bit of you know I don't know randomness in 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 a in a odd scenario I guess yeah, kind of random but also structure I think I mean we definitely for the you know I was home with the kids and we had a, a walk around lunch just before lunch every day and it was kind of like I think we all hung on to it because it gave some shape you know meals gave the taste some shape the walk gave the taste some shape and it um yeah no I really get that and I loved what you said earlier about um imagining what was going on behind doors so I think that it sounds like not only was the creativity in looking but also you know tell me a bit more about what that was like as you you know as you were facing the door what what was happening for you I kind of um I mean on, on one level there's something about um 
there's, there's something I don't like. There's something about. I wonder if they're all. You know, your door looks really nice. I wonder if you're okay. You know, like not. There's something about not presuming that just because a front door looks really lovely <laughs> and and nicely done that what's going on. You know, you kind of do think. Oh, I wonder what's going on behind mm. closed doors. Like it's kind. There is something about. You know that I think um and the people and I think you know I'm like obviously I said right at the start my business is about people I'm you know I'm a people person um <clears throat> you know even when at the most frustrating I still find people fascinating and I really like being around people you know I'm not um not I'm not built to live on a croft do you know what I mean like with nobody around me um, that's just not how I'm built. Um, and so, so yeah, so, and there was lots of stuff, I guess, going on um, uh, about how are people coping with this? You know, everybody's in different situations. Some people don't have, you know, a, an office to work in. Some people don't have, you know, like there's, there was lots of that kind of conversation going on, I think, around lockdown. So there was an element of you know, wondering how people are, I guess, when you look at someone's door beyond that's a really nice, you know, they're mm. obviously, you know, spent some time polishing up their door. You know, there's something mm. about that, I think, as well. Because um, yeah. doorways, like, in, you know, we're English students, so that whole thing about doorways, of course, are massive metaphors, aren't they, for, mm. you know, entrances into different worlds or different, and so, I, you know, were you aware of that metaphorical level? You know, what was what were the metaphors that were operating for you around the idea of doors? What you know, what do doors mean for you? Well, I guess there's something. It's interesting. I was um, I was doing something last week um, where I was talking about um, I was talking about a particular book that I'd read that had had um, and, and the impact that it had in one in one of the change groups that I'm a part of. So. Um, and um, and when you said that, it made me think about um, you know. So so that book was about it, it's a, it's a book called Invisible Women, and it's about um, mm. uh, kind of women being not being considered necessarily in, in data, particularly or, <clears throat> uh, in a world designed by men, basically. Um, and um, and I when I was reading that, I was re remembering back to. Um, uh, like a keynote speech that I'd seen at a conference where um, uh, the woman who does the Guilty Feminist podcast, um, I think I always get her name wrong, I think it's Deborah Francis White, um, but she was talking about doors as a as a way of like our doors open for us or our doors closed do we notice do we not notice when the doors are open that they might be closed for other people so there's tons of stuff around you know deep metaphorical stuff around a simple door um and I and that so there was lots of things where I start to make my random connections between the things that I do and the interests that I have and the um you know and um yeah so, so, yeah so I, I do think about um what doors are open for people and what doors are closed I guess um and and also a recognition that not everybody's like I said 
before not everybody's having the same experience and I think that's really important to recognize particularly like my you know a lot you know clients or people who might be my potential clients might be struggling with that whole back to work are we going to be in work fully are we going to be remote are we going to be hybrid working all of that kind of stuff is going is a big conversation for HR professionals and other professionals at the moment and um but you kind of got to remember that you know everybody's having a had has had a different experience of this um and for me being curious about what that experience has been and opening up conversations about what that's been is a way of guiding mm. what happens next you know um and um and not presuming that everybody's having the same experience you know um so uh it's almost like the for in, in your work you're kind of you're inviting people to open the door to kind of share what's been going on for them and being aware that what people present may not be what's going on and as I say that I'm thinking actually if bad stuff's happening inside the house it's quite hard to open the door isn't it yeah. because, yeah. because it, <clears throat> as much as it might be dark and scary in the house you don't know what's waiting outside yeah and I guess yeah and also conversely I think one of the things that I was reading about um about people um saying that sometimes the office is a sanctuary you know yeah. for, for people who are looking to escape what's going on at home whatever yeah. that might be and that escape might be kind of something that seems um from the from the outside I I, I guess not like, like not huge um, but it's still a, a means of not being there, being somewhere else. So it's kind of interesting from a, um, I think there's lots of presumptions that we can make, but if we don't fully explore those, mm. um, we, you know, there may be unintended consequences from, you know, on a work perspective, that is about, you know, um, and, you, and I think that, yeah, I think it takes, I mean, you have to build up trust and um, and and a good relationship, I think, for people to open up about what's going on. To mm. open the door, you know, sometimes people do keep everything quite closed. Mm. Um, um, I'm, I'm just thinking about education. Obviously, I'm in that mm. world, and. Um, you know, we that whole Rashford thing that happened over the Easter holidays where kind of, oh, well, the doors are shut, they're at home, so we don't have to worry about feeding them. Well, actually, yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. And, you know, computer access. And, and it's almost like the door is the, as you're saying that, is the interface between the private and the public space. You know, at what point does feeding children become a social responsibility, not just a parental responsibility? And providing mm. computers, is that a social responsibility? And is that a you know in a community one or is that an individual one and it's almost like with the, when you're talking it makes me we we live in a very individualist society where we've all got our doors shut and, and it's almost kind of moving into the arena of talking about how do we open those doors that allow more sharing like when you're talking about going to your coffee shops and you're you know connect walking with people's doors I don't know mm. kind of it's 
feels like there's something like that going on as well. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, um, when I was thinking about, I mean, not that I, um, <laughs> when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about and the doors thing, and I was thinking, about, you know, and, um, I, I was thinking it does, um, for me, some of the things that I think I um, kind of bring to work, which I think this, you know, uh, staring randomly at doors and taking pictures kind of connects me to, is that um, for me, there's something about creativity, there's something about community. And so, and there's something about connection. So, and all of those things kind of are what I think I bring to work and um, and just, just bring generally uh, is about, I think there's, it is about making connections either between things and that might seem on the surface random. So for me, it makes sense that when you were talking about the education piece, obviously there's an element that we need to be fully functioning individually, you know, individual, you know, but, but there is an element where if you don't um, invest in the, communi the, the community, whether that serves your own individual needs or not, then there's the, the, I guess the magic of the connections that can happen won't, won't happen because you're, you're treating everything almost like in, 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 in silos. So, um you know the the broadband issue is a is a big one you know not everybody i was surprised at how many you know how many people don't have um laptops or or desktop computers at home for example you know how can you do schooling off a mobile that has a you know that has a data package on it i mean that's just you know you just need to ask some sometimes i think people we just need to ask and understand where people are at rather than presuming or um or thinking that we're creating a solution here but it's not it's not really connected to the original problem or where people are at you know mm -hmm. like so in some rural communities for example speed of broadband would be an issue for accessing practically anything online i would guess mm -hmm. business before covid school lessons work stuff I mean it's just um and um yeah I, it's kind of opened my eyes quite quite a lot I'd guess um over the last uh, 18 months thinking about some of those bigger issues mm. um and um and wondering how we can solve some of those bigger bigger problems by um you know being you know, appreciating us as individuals, but also connecting more as communities mm. and um, um, and on a bigger scale, I guess, rather than just thinking of everything as um, yeah on an in, on an on an individual basis. Mm. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of open opening doors. Mm. Opening doors, and I. I people because you said something about you know hoping that people don't actually take in a picture of the door did anyone did anyone come out and how was that those interactions but, um i kind of wondered if um you know as i started to post more pictures of doors and things i was just thinking i was just wondering if anybody would like i mean god i've got hardly any instagram followers i mean like i'm not an influencer do you know what i mean so i kind of was like steady on sharon you know just calm yourself down I'm sure nobody's going to have a problem with this um 
Um, but I did wonder if um, people like spotted their door, you know, because, you know, like as they're kind of randomly scrolling through uh, through Instagram or something or, you know, because obviously I follow people that are in the local area, I guess. Um, and um, but there's a whole I mean, there's a whole hashtag of doors of Instagram. I mean, so I can't be, you know, it's hardly like I'm unique. I'm sure that, um, uh, but nobody ever came out and said, I, I think a lot of, you know, you know what people are like. I reckon a lot of them are probably thinking, who is that random person stopping, taking a picture of a door? Um, but this is London. Nobody's going to go, oh, what are you doing? You know, it's kind of, it's slightly different, I guess. To um, There's a bit of anonymity, I think, that you mm. can kind of get away with in in, in a big city. Um, whereas I might, it might be slightly different if I was in a smaller community, maybe. I yeah, know. I'm just thinking when it's, so we've had a house for sale across the road from us and I live in a very small community. And, um, oh, I knew everyone. But <laughs> <laughs> And where possible talk to everyone because it's like oh they might be my neighbors <laughs> the let's have conversations so i think that is um yeah that's different but and you live in a much more um plural society don't you much more multi-ethnic and i'm mm. you know was that part of what you were noticing about doors because obviously that first lockdown was also during the george floyd um episode wasn't it i mean how were you aware of of that culture and diversity come to your attention? Um, I guess um, separately, I'd, I'd say yes. I mean, that's been a massive um, kind of, I guess, a massive wake up, really, I would say. Uh, you know, I mean, I live in a, a you know, London's multicultural. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I have to say, I feel sometimes like, I mean, I'm, I know all of my neighbours um, um, you know, on a, you know, quite a bit, I chat to people on the way. I mean, like, I can't, you know, I lived in Sunderland for God's sake, you know, I, I can't, you can't take that kind of chatty northern type of thing out of me. When I moved to London, I refused to, to conform to that no talking on the tube, no, um, no not chatting, you know, no kind of social chit chat. And occasionally that kind of gets me into, uh, into, interesting situations but most of the time I'm I kind of feel that's a good thing to um to to kind of be I, I think what I know I, what I noticed is that much more awareness and um about this is good. like social unrest is beneath the surface in a sense. It's that whole door thing, you know, don't presume that just because you've got a nice door or you've got a really knackered old door, I guess, um, about, it doesn't necessarily tell you what's going on um, behind. Um, and I think that um, on a work front and on a um, personal development front, I've made a lot more of an investment in time this year, I'd say, um, to really truly try and understand that yes yeah, this kind of there's a different lens to things life is different if you know for all sorts of reasons so not just to do with race and ethnicity but or gender or class or you know it's just and and I, I guess I've probably um, 
been a been a you know investing a bit more time in educating myself about some of those challenges and and not um yeah and 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 seeing okay what what can i do about that you know like how can i bring a more diverse and inclusive um way of thinking into the way that i work you know um so yeah all and then some yeah i think that's probably i can't i can't really create any more spurious connections to doors through that but it is something that's kind of been going on on power in parallel i think over lockdown particularly because i think there's been a closer lens on it you know a closer look and some of the stuff that maybe could have got hidden or distracted because we had other stuff going on is is it's just bubbled up to the surface i think and 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 can't be ignored that's how i kind of view it mm. Mm. So, yeah something about coming out into the open mm. more mm. And, and how do you think that's going to change you're in hr and you're i thought i think i've got it that you're working with organizations that who want to change mm. and, and is that you know there's so much that you know my perspective is oh my god all those things that you've mentioned gender race ethnicity mm. uh, class yeah. inclusion immigration la 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 and then overarching all of that is climate change now please not mm. in 10 years time but this year please i mean mm. how much are those conversations actually happening you know are they <laughs> really milk the doors uh link you know are those doors being opened in people's minds because it's almost like those you, none of this stuff is new is it none of this stuff is new we were probably talking about it when we were at college in the 80s mm. and i certainly knew about all of those issues you know in the 80s but it's all been shut away hasn't it and it's almost like for those there's an invitation to bring see all that now but i'm curious not everybody's picking up that invitation are they and i'm curious about what your experience of that is i mean yeah i mean i think when it comes to um you know i think you know changing anything is um you can either i kind of say sometimes you can either um Kind of tinker with the decoration you know um or you can go for a you know kind of full-on kind of refurbishment and um and people's appetites for um the kind of change are, are different and sometimes people say they want it but then do they really want it so in an organizational context you can sometimes get you know this kind of you know intellectually we think this is a good idea um but you know what you know our hearts and minds really in it um and i also think it's complicated you know because it's not just one you know we don't come just with one lens you know or one aspect um of something you know we're individuals who are complicated you know and um and and i think that um i think the key thing i always think is you know, if there was a silver bullet or an easy solution, everybody would be probably doing it. This stuff is hard work. It's um, it's messy. If you're wanting to do something that changes the system, um, 
there's no kind of perfect blueprint for for how you kind of can do that um and but i guess probably if i kind of milk the doors thing um a bit better i'm kind of i probably i i think that for me there's more of a sense of urgency so even if people aren't on the program i think um or don't or, or want to ignore it then i think that there's an i feel there's some kind of obligation to be kind of knocking on the door and and being a bit more forceful about that and and also um kind of challenging um and and using our probably our individual voices and collective voices when you know not you know to kind of keep you know kind of pushing really um you know door you know doors won't open unless we can sometimes you have to push a little bit and mm. and um and I think that um yeah, so I'm. I, I guess I'm hopeful that there's going to be more. Uh, there's going to be more of that energy around it. Um, Are you hopeful about the system? Because what you're talking about, those massive, you know, their inequalities, aren't they, of some sort? And you know, even the climate issue is to do with inequality, isn't it? It's going to at the moment. It's already affecting some people, but not us. So we're mm. all right. We don't have to think about it. Um, you know, are you hopeful that that kind of system change that is needed is possible? Um, I, think, I mean, I'm probably I am more on the hopeful side than um, than, the, you know, I'm a kind of glass half full kind of person. So I, you know, um, so I am more hopeful. I um, I think that we need to start to exercise. You know, if you think about that whole um, collective and individual thing, you know, um, I think we need to exercise our individual power as much as we can, you know, and sometimes we don't feel like we have any power. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if that's the case, then sometimes that's through our work, whether that's in education or in organisations, then we need to maybe shine a, a light on a voice that's not necessarily heard or help and support voices that aren't getting heard to be heard. If we're in a position where we've got a louder voice, for example, um, I think, um, you know, how we consume stuff, how we kind of, you know, um, how we make our um, politicians or community leaders kind of, um, stand up for us um, and, and, and represent us. I think there's an element of that. So I think there's something about trying to be a bit more, um, you know, kind of have higher expectations of what people should be doing in order to um, to progress some of these kind of issues and I think in organizations um you know it is about you know expecting more of leaders and managers and ourselves as individuals and and, and recognizing that even if we're not a leader or a manager we still have an influence within the I don't know the team that we're working in the department or the business that we're working in you know um and sometimes I think we forget that we've got some some power to um to do stuff um so i guess i'm probably a bit more mindful of what what power do i have um and how can i use it and maybe that's to do with i don't know age maturity too much time on twitter <laughs> listening to stuff who knows you know i don't know but i just kind of feel like there's um you know 
if you there's there's some you know you need to get the toe in the door and and start kind of you know pushing against it a little bit to make sure it opens a little faster I think maybe that's it um, yeah and keeping the doors because I think people should open up a bit particularly during the first lockdown people were you know appreciating their local community more and buying local and walking mm -hmm. local and mm -hmm. kind of that you know much more we had you know notices around the village saying ring if you need anything and and so and it's almost like keeping your foot in the door so those doors don't shut again isn't it kind mm. of let's not go back let's let's continue mm. with that yeah. and i was thinking as you were talking then as well because although in some ways when you say doors there's kind of a sense of uniformity in that description i'm guessing you must have seen like variety so i mean like just can you describe a couple of the doors that have stayed in your mind the most um And it's kind of um I saw this like awesome <laughs> door that was just like um you know actually it's not just around where I live I went on a long a longer walk in in London um and and it was just the most you just kind of think god how long has that been there and how magnificent it was really um it was kind of very ornate and wood um and and in a like a really um i guess posh part of london um and um so that was kind of one that was really noticeable the others are i mean some of them like i mean i remember this the first one of the first pictures that i took was of this really really like candy pink like candy pink door that I was just like that is awesome who he thought when they were um you know doing their door to go like proper full-on almost neon candy pink that is just like that's bold <laughs> you know like in in a place where in London where everyone assumes that everybody wants like kind of a, there's an anonymity I guess in in the numbers of people that are here um so I thought that was kind of awesome I quite like the the one you know sometimes where they've got you know the lights on or the light goes on above the door and you can kind of see some of the ones where they've got stained glass or or that look properly old and for me that's something i i kind of like it when people don't want to just get new stuff all the time that's because I'm, I'm just a sad old romantic at heart you know thinking oh you know that's got history to it that's been there for hundreds of years or you know I don't know however many longer years than a few years instead of getting a new one and then you see some that are kind of you know slightly tired and and you kind of think it'd be lovely if someone I don't know wanted to show that door a bit of love just to make it like kind of nicer just to you know just to kind of arrive home at at the end of the day or something i don't know um yeah. So, yeah it's fascinating when you're describing the kind of old doors and then the bright pink door it's almost like again what they're showing up is kind of our underlying assumptions again isn't it about mm. you know about well doors are meant to be quite a neutral color and they're meant to be bland they're you know you need them quite dark because of all the traffic fumes and there's all these kind of 
assumptions until someone does something that blows all those assumptions away and then you're like oh yeah why not <laughs> and then yeah. yeah and then yeah and that tired old girl then you can't help thinking well what is you know what is going on behind yeah. that yeah or or maybe i don't know maybe it's a house that is rented and you know and the you know or or I don't know it's like you know there's lots of assumptions aren't there that you could mm. kind of make um yeah what next are you going to carry on with the, you, you know so when the pandemic finished have you carried on with the doors and do you think you'll carry on with doors I've kind of been mixing up so I've been partly because um I um I'm a, like I said, routines are not my kind of forte. Variety is, I'm a variety seeking person. Um, but what I have been doing is I'm still walking around the neighborhood and I'm still kind of just noticing, um, just trying to be, you know, like I've lived here for a long time and some of that stuff just completely passed me by. That was one of the things. It was just like, God, I'd never noticed this stuff until I'm trapped, you know, I, I'm trapped in my kind of, in my, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous in my nice house, like in my, you know, in my safe neighborhood kind of thing. It's hardly chat, but it was just, I, I have spent my life not noticing that stuff. And I, and that's a bit sad. So um, I was out the other day and I was looking at um, one of the stations that's close to us um, has some art kind of plaques. I really like street art particularly, and I like um, design, I guess, stuff um, that might uh, so it might be a cycle rack or something that looks a bit different or, um, you know, a piece of, you know, um, some, new, some new graffiti or street art and, you know, down in Tooting, they've got some um, places where people practice their street art. I quite like looking at that or a bench that's a bit different to a plain old bench. Um, and so I was looking the other day, they've got one of the stations has got these kind of big plaques outside it um, that, that um, you know, two uh, female artists had, had done. So I am kind of, I am mixing it up, I have to say. So do not be, if any anybody listens to this and is inspired by my doors and suddenly wants to follow me on Instagram because I'm so interesting, obviously not, because I'm mostly posting, um, you know, random stuff that is, you know, about my HR interim life, um, then, um, yeah, they'll, they'll find some doors. But not, but not completely doors. <laughs> but, but the common thread is noticing where you are and noticing yeah. the life in where you are and being curious about who who is living the life of where you yeah, are. And just, and just noticing, you know, like if you like, you know, if you're not rushing around, kind of even for five minutes, just to look up and you might see something completely different that takes you by surprise um that that is something that I um you know and I've always got my phone with me and so I kind of you know I often kind of go oh that's pretty and it might it just might be anything blossom on a tree for example with a really really blue sky or you know um I don't know a neon light that I've never noticed before outside someone's I mean place or um or there's a sign above another one of the stations, which just, which I'd never noticed before. I don't know how long it's been there, but just one time I just looked up and saw that it had this big equality um, banner. 
which I'd never noticed before um, I until I was walking around the neighbourhood. And I was thinking, God, how long has that been up there? And it's completely passed me by. So, yeah, I think there's something to be said about, mm. you know, however little time that we have or, or just looking around us sometimes and we might be surprised at what we see. Mm. And I love the way you're describing your phone use. So often the phone can be exactly the reason why we don't look around us because we're either chatting, you know, I do it myself sometimes when I'm walking, chatting or where, you know, where, where some people scroll, don't they? While they're walking, I never know how they do that. I'm sure I'd kill myself falling off the curb if I did that. Um, but you're kind of using the phone as a way of helping you notice. Because the camera's amplifying your oh let's look for things and kind of mm. bringing you out rather than shutting you in to that screen. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, is there anything? So we're coming to the end now. Is there anything that I that you wanted to talk about that I haven't asked you about? I love it. Can you just say the three C's again for your that I like <laughs> them, but I didn't quite catch them. Yeah, so the um, it was actually fun. This was this. I have to give this to my one of my um, one of my uh, uh, interim buddies, um, a guy called Mark Edwards. He is a he um, he was one of these like kind of encouraged me about um, the uh, the photos thing because he he takes awesome photographs. He's got um, he um, he does kind of similar work to me. But he's just got a book that is about um, Faces of Mallorca that he did. Um, but he said, you know, Sharon, you know, this is about creativity and community and and con connectivity because you connect people. You've got I, I, I run a community of people like me and also about being creative. And so, yeah, so I have to kind of say that until and, and he encouraged me to kind of post these random photos of stuff even if it wasn't on brand if that makes sense um yeah so it's community creativity and connectivity which is I think what I do for my work really but I hadn't really realized until I was chatting to Mark and he'd said that's what you do I was like right okay I'm gonna I'm gonna take that yeah and actually when you're talking about it when you've been speaking about it today I think you know, God, all three of those things are central to well-being, they're central to making all those changes that we need to make in the world and the, for the environment, for equality, you know, we've to be able to imagine things being different, haven't we, and be able to, you know, come up with creative solutions and to do that cooperatively and to do that within our communities, but also reaching out to other communities. So in a way, those kind of three, three words are kind of central, aren't they? Mm, I Maybe think so. Forward. Good man. <laughs> I love those three words. Yeah. Is there anything else I should have asked about or that you wanted to say? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I wasn't quite sure where the doors combo would go, if I'm honest. You know, but that is that is the beauty and it illustrates stuff really, is that sometimes it's about taking a first step because you never know where it's going to lead you. And that obviously does require a little bit of like kind of faith trust bravery whatever you want to call it but that's the beauty of you know sometimes it you know it's that all I mean whoever that famous person said would it starts with a single step and that's true you know because you yeah, just yeah. gotta go with it but yeah no I don't think there's anything more that you, you know no questions that needed to be asked I don't think 
And, and how's it been when you reflect back on the conversation? Is there anything that you're surprised that you've said or that you want to remember that you've said or that's useful for you to have heard yourself say? Anything you want to take from the conversation that you want to keep for you? Oh, God, I'm sure that there's, I'm sure that there is. But it's one of those things that I find it hard if you're in the conversation to then come out of it and reflect on it immediately. I'm just really, really I mean, I should... I should be better at that, you know. But there, but still, it's a funny word. Should's a funny word, isn't it? I know, that, I know. It's a coaching. It's one of those things that you should never say in coaching, is that that's one of those indicators that says in, in, in the coach training that you, but it's true. I just feel, I always feel like I'm usually so in it that mm. it's only when I come out of it that I, um, that I kind of reflect on things. And that's a lesson for me. So sometimes in that change world, um, it's, I always say to people, if you ask me right now what my immediate thing is, I'll tell you, but it probably won't be my best thought. You know, I need to go away, reflect, have a walk, look at some doors, and then I'll come back and tell you. Yeah, I was going to say that's what your 15 minutes walks are, aren't they? That kind of circulation, filtering on the non-linear, let me look around and then thoughts popping in. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh. That's how I work. I can't, you know, it works for me and that's how I work, so... It's been lovely. Will you send me some pictures of doors so we can I see will. your doors? And then I will. I, I will indeed. <laughs> um, it's been really nice to speak to you, Sharon. And um, what are the three C's again? I feel like we should all somehow remember them. Community, creativity and connectivity. Yeah, and who knew that doors would take us to those three words? Well, they really do, don't they? That's so funny. That's so great. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. See you. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Julie here, and I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Um, I'd love to hear from you too, if you've got a thing or a way of living or a passion that just lights you up and fills you with energy. So please do get in touch at julieleone.com if you fancy a conversation or if you're listening to this thinking, ah, I wish I could find a thing or a way of living that lights me up and fills me with energy, then get in touch and we can have a conversation about coaching or some of the ways that I might be able to support you in finding that. So all of that is at www.julieleone.com go to the contact page and drop me a note you can also see some of my books writing and coaching there um, if you've enjoyed the podcast please share it with your friends like subscribe and review it just so that other people can find it and just pick up on some of those happy vibes um, but it, thank you for joining me it's always a pleasure to do the podcast and hopefully you find something positive from them for listening to so take care speak soon see you on the next episode so